This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Spoiler alert! What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 24, 24 of What Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. My name is John, and I'm on episode 25. Are we on 25? 25. Damn. Too uh, oh, Sorry. Episode 25, 25, quarter century. Hey, Mike caught up with me. <sighs> Welcome back, buddy. No, it is. I, huh? I didn't change the note. <laughs> I have, like, a format I use on, like, Word where I put all my notes in as we go through the week and everything, and I didn't change the episode number on it. Gotcha. Yes, that's what it was. Anyhow, all right, so, hey, how you doing? Excellent. Did you have a good week this week? I did, I did. I had a good week of watching stuff. Well, I, too, had a good week of watching stuff. Remember how last week I went 0 for 3 on movies? Yeah, and you and you didn't really have much else to talk about. Yeah, no, this week I went like five for six on movies. Wow. Yeah, and I have and I watched some shows. This is a feast or famine kind of thing. And I watched some shows, and then I have lots and lots and lots of show news. Wow. Lots of show news. Lots of like return dates. Lots of upcoming stuff. All right. Yeah. So, well, I'm yeah. going to go take a nap. I'll check in with you in uh, two hours or so. <laughs> it could be that, folks. Uh, well, then, why don't you uh, head us off in the right direction and tell us about something that you uh, hit a home run with this week? Well, you know what? I'm actually going to start right out with a movie my wife and I just finished up, which is why I was I was late starting to record tonight. Uh, we were, we sat down to watch this movie, and it was like, well, if it's not any good, we'll just move on, but blah, blah, blah. Larry Crown. Have you ever seen that? I have not. Either have I. It's Tom Hanks. It's Julia Roberts. Tom Hanks directed it. Um, it was a really, really good, enjoyable movie. Is that the one where he goes back to college and yes. he's, like, old? Yes. It came out in 2011. Uh, essentially what it is is that he works at Umart, which is like, you know, Walmart, and then he gets laid off, and the reason why he gets laid off is because, I mean, this is all in the first, like, five minutes of the movie, is he gets laid off even though he's, like, the best employee, and it's because he never went to college, so he will never progress above the team lead position he's in, and so they basically think he's not worth keeping on. So this team management team using all kinds of buzzwords and catchphrases fire him. And nowadays, they'd never be able to get away with that. But. Yeah, probably even then, because this was only yeah. technically five years ago. But anyhow. Like, did they give him a severance package or something? No, basically no. Oh. The, 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 technically, what the guy said... You're already losing me. Yeah, technically what the guy said was... Is, <laughs> hopefully I can remember, because it's actually quite funny, but in that, like, ass-funny way, which is, um, well, we've come to an impasse where you and you, Mark, can no longer be together. Something like that. Like, it took the U out of U-Mart. I don't know. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. it was full of cheese. But anyhow, he said it deadpanned. 
Nice. So essentially, he goes back to college, and Julia Roberts is his teacher for speech class, and he meets this girl uh, named Talia, who essentially meets him, and he gets a scooter because he sees it's cheaper in gas, and he has no money. And his neighbor, Cedric the Entertainer, and basically his neighbor won half a million dollars on like a Powerball thing. Sorry, half a billion. So five hundred million? No, half of that, half a million dollars on this Powerball thing. So he just basically runs a giant garage sale out of his house, that's open seven days a week, and he buys the scooter off of him, and then he meets, hooks up with this scooter gang, uh, that Wilder, uh, Wilmer Vanderly, Van, help me out. Wilmer Valderrama is the leader of. So, anyways, it's just it's kind of funny. Um, and this girl basically like changes the way he dresses and everything, so he looks cool and. I don't know. It's pretty. It's a funny movie. It's a funny, happy-go-lucky movie. It's a PG-13 flick, so there is the one customary f-bomb, and um, you know, it's 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 a rom. It's not it's not a real rom-com. It's mostly just like a comedy, and then there's like an underlining romance that kind of blossoms near the end, type of thing between Tom Hanks and Julia Roberts. So. Gotcha. Yeah, it was really, really good. The wife and I both really liked it. And the thing is, I notice is like the cast. All right, so Julia Roberts' husband is Brian Cranston, and like I said, Wilmer Vanderrama's in it, and then Cedric the, Cedric the Entertainer's in it. Pam Greer's in it. Um, Tahari P. Henson. Taraji P. Henson. Taraji P. Henson. She's Cedric's wife. Rami Malek is in it. He plays one of his classmates. Oh, nice. Yeah, also in it, and I can't, I don't know what her name was, but the girl that's playing the FBI agent on Mr. Robot? Grace Gummer. She's in it as well. She's another one of the classmates. And there was another classmate guy that I, I can't think of. I like, I've, he's a black fella, and I know who he is type of thing, and it's one of those things where it's like, I know who this guy is, I recognize him, I can't place him, but it's like... I'm, now you sound racist. Yeah, thanks. But I just can't I cannot remember what the guy's name uh, LeVar his name Burton? was in the movie. No, no, not LeVar Burton. Oh, George Takai's in it, though. See, I took no. LeVar Burton. I, I, it's Star <laughs> Trek. It right but, over to Star Trek. Yeah, George Takai is the economics teacher in it, and he is very awkward, and he is very, very hilarious. Oh, my. Yeah, I really, really like this flick. Like, I can't, I don't know how I didn't see it. Or how I'd never seen it. I don't even well, remember hearing about it. 2011, that's five years ago. Probably weren't looking for that kind of a movie five years ago. You know, now that you say that, thinking about where I was, I'm going to say you're right. Yeah. So it's understandable that this one slipped under the radar. Oh, I know who that guy is now. He does all the U.S. Cellular commercials. He's the black guy in the suit with the glasses. He does the U.S. Oh, cellular commercials. You know what I mean? Okay. Like He has a yep. very distinctive voice. Yes. That's yep. who that is. Okay, he does the U.S. cellular commercials, and for one of his presentations, he's standing up there, and he's dressed in a Starfleet uniform. But he's talking about how, yeah, people like the original. They like Next Generation. They like Voyager, but Deep Space Nine is really where it's at. I mean, it's just... It's Deep Space Nine is definitely, you know, the best show, and he's hyping it. And then Julia Roberts has a massive hangover, and she kind of cuts him off because she notices that Larry's not in the class that day. And then she goes, all right, go back to talking about your Star Wars 49ers thing. 
and he's just standing. He goes, "I can't even begin to try to explain the difference between you, between Lucas's. You know what?" I'm, and he hits his communicator and goes, just "Beam me out of here." It was hilarious. <laughs> nice. Well, that was a typical reaction when you, someone tells you that Star Trek and Star Wars is the same thing. Yeah. It's like Coke and Pepsi. They're not the same. They don't taste the same. They're different. That's why it always like makes my skin crawl when you go into a restaurant and you're like, can I get a Pepsi? And they're like, is Coke okay? No, it's not. No. It's no. not okay. In what world is Coke okay? No. They're not the world. same. They don't taste the same. They never taste the same. Not even close. I'd rather have an RC Cola than a Coca-Cola. I don't know where that came from. I, I'm not sure either. Kind of went to a dark place. Yeah, it did. I, don't know, I got all angry about Coke, Coca-Cola. Anyhow, so, but yeah, it was a really great flick. It's on Netflix. Go check it out. So that was my okay. thing I didn't actually even have written down. We just watched it. All right. But, uh, Mr. So Robot. One out of six. Yeah, Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot, are I saw, you caught up? Dude, I am caught up on Mr. Robot. I watched, I've watched episode 8 from last week. I watched episode 9 last night. Um, episode 9 was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Episode 8 was tense. Episode 8 was tense. I mean, darling. Especially towards the end. Yeah. You know, when they're like looking over their shoulders and constantly worrying that somebody's coming to get them. And even you as a, as a watcher yeah. are like, is someone coming to get them? Who, who's going to be waiting outside the train? Well, you know, like Mobley it, uh, had told uh, What's-Her-Face, I can't think of her name now, but he was going to meet up with her. Trenton. Trenton, and then he was two hours late and didn't yeah. show. And then, you know, Darlene killed Susan in cold blood. That was cold blood. I, I don't care how they tried to justify because she laughed at the court hearing over the issue where her father died. Right. It was cold-blooded murder. The fact that she had done all the research, knew that she had a pacemaker, and fired the taser at her heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On purpose. Yeah. Cold-blooded murder. And then, of course, it ends with her, you know, beating Cisco with a bat in the face. Yeah. Yeah. And that show has a tendency to end episodes on a, like, I'm not going to say a cliffhanger, but it tends to end episodes pretty... On a gasp. Yeah. Thank you. On a gasp. Like, what did yeah. they see? Like, the most recent one, you know? It's like, oh, yeah. Who like, was waiting outside of Darlene's door? Exactly. And, you know, it's just, okay, so episode nine obviously starts out where episode, where season one ended off. And basically, in the first, like, five minutes or whatever it is, this little montage they do, the whole season finally makes sense. Yes. It yeah. really, really makes sense. And by the way, seeing, uh, was it right? Remy Malik, yes. Sure. Uh, in the Mr. Robot role, where he looks like he's a bipolar druggie, with you know what I mean, and then seeing him on Larry Crown, how he acted in this movie, it's like, oh, okay, he doesn't really act. He's not that way in real life. <laughs> um, I, uh, I I know what you mean because uh, a while back I played a game called Until Dawn, and it did live motion capture for a lot of actors and actresses. Hayden Panettiere was in there. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but the guy who plays Grant Ward was in there. Okay. And Rami Malek was in there, and he was very animated and upbeat, but he's got one of those faces that, like, you knew it was him immediately. Yeah. And he was moving around and talking and getting all crazy and completely different from this character. So I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, um, anyhow, it was a good episode. That's for sure. 
And yeah. it was fun seeing him, you know, go through the same stuff that we had seen early on his quote unquote routine. Yeah, exactly. But now and it's it all makes sense. Yeah, we finally get to find out why he's in jail and you know, it was <laughs> it was Flipper. Flipper yes. got him in trouble, basically. Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah. It must have been that the uh that the psychologist contacted the police. Yeah. Or, you know, if you look back on season one, that guy who, you know, the guy who was dating his psychologist and told her and said, you know, well, I talked to the feds and they said that it was all routed through Croatia and short of that country collapsing, there's nothing we can do. And then he goes home that night and sees on the news that Croatia just collapsed. So maybe that's what it was. Probably. If I were to say anything, I'd say probably, yeah. Yeah, I'd say I didn't that's think why he was in jail. I mean, because like, well, no, because he was in jail for theft of the dog. Yep. Which was and valued at over a thousand dollars, and then hacking his life. So, yep. but but then it seems like the Dark Army is one that got him out of jail. Yeah. And then did you notice his issues with him trying to like, like he recognized that he had separated him, so that you know what I mean? Like he recognized that he was watching himself from a distance, but as his father talking to them. Yeah. Which was and, different. And it seemed to- confuse both of them yeah and then you know his his father kept saying like I'm, I'm really hot we need to get out of here or something's wrong something's wrong it's almost like he's they're becoming one mm-hmm. you know it's almost like they're becoming one because he called yeah. himself mr robot at one point as well yes yes he did and you saw like when he was in the subway car and he could see himself arguing with uh darlene's boyfriend there Yes. You know, on their way to the Dark Army meeting, and then suddenly he just snapped too, and he was back there arguing yep. with the guy. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Uh, interesting little thing here that I picked up. The uh, the case that the FBI is working on with all this, with May 9th and everything like that, yep. is called Operation Berenstain. I mean, like the Berenstain Bears? Well, that's what's interesting about it, because I was just introduced to this idea a few months ago by my friend Kelly. Yeah. She was she pointed me to a couple of articles out there. There's an it's an odd thing, but there's an entire group of people and it's not like, you know, they meet up in churches or anything. This is just a subset of the population of the planet Earth. Yeah. Who distinctly remember I am one of them, who distinctly remember that as a child growing up there were the Berenstein Bears books. And it was spelled S T E I N. I seem to recall that as well. And they were the Berenstein Bear books. Yeah. Well, nowadays, it's all Berenstain, S-T-A-I-N. And you cannot find Steen books. You you go look through your old books, you look through your children's books, whatever, it's all S-T-A-I-N. Yet there's an entire subset of the population of Earth that remembers distinctly that it was E-I-N. And there's a group that says, no, it was never E-I-N, it was always A-I-N. And you can only find the A-I-Ns. So... My quizzical mind is wondering if that's kind of a nod that they're nodding to the the debate between Berenstain and Berenstain. See, I always remember it being EIN. I do too, but it, you can't find it anymore. Go up to Barnes and Noble, look at all their I books. S T A I N. And I don't, I don't know, I don't have any of my old ones anymore. It's, it's gonna, kind of a crazy thing. It's <laughs> going to make me go flea marketing to look for old old issues, old copies of the books. Right? There, there are people that have dug through stuff that they had when they were children, and they're like, I know this was an EIN, but I look at it now, and it's an AIN. I don't know. I remember hearing kind of the same thing. 
But that that kind of odd reality twist would kind of fit with this show and the way that everything is kind of twisted. Yeah. Everything doesn't really work. Yeah, well, maybe they no. just decided that they liked Berenstain. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> indeed. Um, but, you know, I mean, like, it really ended, you know, one of those other mystery things, like, who's at the door for Darlene? What did Cisco yep. see behind the couch? Yep. Was it Mobley? That's my thought. It, it, I, my thought is it's either Mobley or Trenton. Um, but you definitely, like, if you turn the volume up, you could hear somebody, like, gasping or struggling. Yes. Um, yeah, Darlene, it looked like, and this was pointed out to me as well, it looks like she saw two people. Because, like, her eyes are looking in one direction, and then she kind of looks up and to the left. Like, there's a taller person there. The thing I don't get, I remember seeing it when they filmed it, and the, and the camera, the tape messed up, and so she ripped the mask off with the camera. Yeah. Saw. I'm like, why would you do that? Not only that, but if they spent 11 hours wiping that house down, how did they miss that tape? And how did he find it like that? Like, he walked in and just, like, snapped well, your fingers. And she said, it. I think I left it on the lamp. Maybe it fell behind it or something. And that's where he, and he walked in and went and looked there, and there it was on the floor. Right. So she did say that. Yeah. It, it was lucky. Yeah. Um, and then Elliot finds <laughs> uh, Tyrell's wife in the yeah. SUV outside of his apartment. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. I personally, um, not I personally, whatever. You know, no, yeah, I personally found what interesting was, you know, the whole thing is them trying to figure out what stage two is, and then, you know, you hear the Black Army, the Dark Army mean, say that, well, stage two is his idea, is Elliot's idea. Yeah. This guy is cracking even more than we realized. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm very curious to see where it's going and what's going to come of it. And then like the rest of us mortals, you're going to have the joy of watching the season finale in a couple of weeks and then having to wait an entire year before it comes back. I know, it's terrible. It's terrible. It really is. You know, it's like, I mean, it, it makes me think of when I watched Battlestar Galactica and I, I watched it all in one, yeah. one sitting as opposed <laughs> to having to wait, you know. Well, it's like I'm, I'm suffering with Sherlock right now. Yep. You know, we Dog haven't had... For me. Yeah, Doc, yeah, Doc, I mean, there's been a couple of shows like that where you've, they've had big, huge... Huge gaps in the seasons. Yepers. Anyhow, uh, I'm yeah. uh, I'm also caught up on Dark Matter. Oh, good. All right. Oh, real real quick, uh, Mr. Robot was in fact renewed for a third season. Oh, good for next Excellent. year. I saw that. And uh, likewise, I'm, I would be surprised if it wasn't. But. Yeah, and likewise, Dark Matter's been renewed for a third season. Did it say anything about Killjoys? I don't know. I didn't look that one up. Because i got to say, this week was the season finale, and then next week there's like a two-part episode of Dark Matter season finale. So Killjoys had a shorter season. Tell us about Killjoys. Um, it was good, but it definitely, the reason that I had asked that was it definitely felt like it could have been set up as a season-slash-series finale. Um, you know how those things work, where it's like they set it up so that if it doesn't come back, you're kind of okay with it. Oh, Mike got up and walked away. I'm talking to myself here. So, anyway, um, I, so was on, always, I was on mute, sorry. No, you weren't. We could all hear you shuffling around. No, I had the mute on. It was blinking. Nope, I could, I, I could hear you. Oh. 
I, I don't know what to tell you then. I've been <laughs> sitting in a chair. Interesting. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it just, they solved the big mystery. They solved the mystery of who Klein is and who um, who she is and, you know, kind of put a neat little bow on everything. They wrapped up the sixes so, you know, there's no more sixes around and they killed the woman who killed their friend and now Johnny is a murderer, so he's gone off by himself to the ends of the universe to hide out for a little while and figure himself out because the woman that he loved died. And it, it just – it really kind of ended on a, yay, we succeeded. We did everything right. There was no cliffhanger. There was no real like, you know, oh, what are we going to do? So I really felt like this could have been a series finale. I was say, does it make you want to watch it again if it does come back for another season? Um, I will watch it again if it comes back for another season, but if it ended, I would be satisfied. I'd be fair enough. Yeah. Like limitless satisfied or just, um, maybe a, a scotch below that, but, but close. Like it was a satisfying ending. Nice. Yeah. Well, that, that's good then. Now you had three episodes of Dark Matter to catch up. I had four episodes of Dark Matter. Oh, four episodes of Dark Matter. My I had God. seven, eight, nine, and ten, because I watched episode ten from Friday night. Have you seen that one yet? Yes, I have. Okay. So I'm just going to surmise them, right? So uh, episode seven, the main thing that happened there is Devin is killed by the Sears, which I didn't expect that, because I figured he would be their doctor, druggie, and we'd have to deal with that. Right. Yeah, it was kind of sudden. Yeah, instead they killed them. And of course, and then of course they, you know, they got the blink drive running. Yes. Which every time they talk about the blink drive, I think of blink. You know, from Battlestar. Mhm. Yeah. Um but anyways, episode 8, they're in the alternate universe with the alternate Raza. And the big question there was who did they bring back with them on the on that other Marauder? Right. And that's going to, I mean, like, I'm curious who it is and how that's going to bite them in the uh, bite them in the butt at some point. I, I think it's one. I think that's how they're going to bring him back into the show. You think it's just one? Yep. Well, it makes sense. It makes sense, I guess, because the way they left, uh, was it two and three? Yep. They could it couldn't have been them. Right. So one is, one is the logical one. And that's a good way to bring him back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Yeah. Is, but he'll be a he'll be a d bag. Well, that's the thing is he was definitely there and he was definitely acting shady and shifty. Yeah. So, yeah. Unless that one was also undercover because his wife was murdered. Could be. Who knows? Um, and of course, the episode nine, uh, two's nanites were acting up. Will Wheaton was great as Alex Rook. You were right. <laughs> he was an awesome villain. He really um, was. And then three brings that parasite back with him, and boy, they sure solved that and got rid of that fast. <laughs> I, I like I started writing in my note. I'm like, there's something inside of three, and then yeah. they're just like, oh, let's nope. jettison it. <laughs> yeah, not that for long. Funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be their new thing. Trying to figure out. Nope, never mind. These guys are problem solvers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's one thing I've noticed about this season is like, yes, there is an underlying story arc. It's not focused on a lot, though, and a lot happens to them, and they solve it pretty quick. Yeah. That was the first season, too. Yep. Which I don't hate about it, but... No, I don't either. It, it makes it so that, you know, there can be recurring characters or recurring threats, but yep. they they cinch it up pretty nicely so that there doesn't have to be. Um, 
And then, of course, episode 10. And, uh, and basically... Finally getting back to the android. Yes, we get back to the android and her chip and some sort of virus on the ship and everything. And essentially, they, the whole thing goes through to make it at, by the end of the episode. It makes her feel like she truly is a member of the crew and not just a piece of machinery. Right. Which we had to have. Yeah. You know, we had yep. to have the touching little, no, we love you like a sister kind of thing. And then, of course, I do love the running gag of Six. I call it a gag, but it's where Six keeps saving Three's life. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, practically every episode. And even yep. they addressed it like, a couple episodes ago, whatever. Uh, three even addressed it. He's like, you see, what, this guy saved my life again? So... <laughs> Um, yeah, I enjoyed uh, I, I enjoyed sitting down and, and, and binge watching those. So, it's an enjoyable show. It, it is, is an enjoyable show. It truly is. It's a good cast. Yep. Um, I, I've only seen six and something else before. I don't recognize anyone really from anything else in the regular cast. Right. And, the, and what I saw six on was Continuum, and he was a yes. kind of a secondary role there. Um. But uh, no, it's a good cast. They seem to mesh well together. It's a, it's a good show. Um, I do like space shows, so yeah. Space shows with a renegade crew of Sp- misfits, space thrown, yeah. thrown together happenstancely, who go on jobs and break the law just because, yep. not because they want to, but because they have to, and they justify it by saying it's against an evil corporation or you know, government. Anyhow, so yeah, um, a lot of shows and movies kind of fall back on that trope of "oh, the shadow government, the shadow corporation." Those two yeah. words—they love government and corporation. Yes, they do, and, and they blame those for like they're the big bad guys all the time. It's very easy to point the finger at them and call them a villain. It is, and it's very relatable for a lot of people. I think. Oh, absolutely, you know? it is. Because they can pick out a, any one of a dozen companies, not including the one that they're working for at the time, yep. and say, yeah, yep. I can see where they'd be evil. Exactly. And nobody likes the government. So. Um, No, they don't. And the only other TV shows I watched this week, there's only one other I watched. It was an old show. But did you have anything TV-wise? I had two other shows that I watched this week. Bust them out. Uh, Adam ruins everything this week. Yep. Um, he kind of, this was another cheat episode. Um, he'll do these episodes. Like last time it was Adam ruins summer fun. And he, like he talked about kids shows, but then he also talked about video games and, and he talked about a couple other things. He like lumped in disparate groups of things into one episode. Um, this episode was the same. It was called Adam ruins football, but only like the first, maybe third of it. Yep. It was about football, and I felt like he could have gone a lot further into it, you know, like the mystery of why it is that quarters are 15 minutes long, get a football game, could take over four bleeping hours. Um, but no, he talked mostly about, like, how the – I can't remember what it's called, but, you know, the playoffs, basically, are yep. nothing more than luck because only 16% of the teams that have won Super Bowls were the number one in their division for the year. Well, yeah, because essentially it's like, you know, you play well all year, but then when you go to the playoffs, everything kind of starts over. Yeah, you could basically lose to a team because they were having a good day and you were having a bad day, and you could have the best record, but now these guys beat you, and suddenly they're going to the Super Bowl. 
Yep, no, that's absolutely true. And I'm trying to think, I believe, I looked this up once before. And I know no one else is really going to care about this, but I looked it up once before, and essentially what it was is that there is, there was a team one year that, because of how their division standings were, they had a losing record, but still managed to go to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised if that had happened a couple of times. So, but yeah. Um, but then from there, he went on to uh, ruin hydration because they were talking about sports drinks. And he was basically saying, you know, there is no study anywhere at all that says that dehydration is a real thing. He's like, the only time you need to hydrate is when you're thirsty. And then when you're not thirsty, stop drinking. And it was interesting to see that, you know, to see actual doctors talking and say, yeah, there's no real thing as dehydration. It was created by companies like Gatorade to get us to buy more of their products. But dehydration really? is not a real thing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yep. He's like, all this stuff about electrolytes and stuff like that, it's marketing. And that's why I love his show, because he teaches you real stuff like that. Yeah, but sometimes I, re I really think that it uh, it uh, it works. Like I can like I, I sometimes I feel like I I don't know. I mean I I don't I guess I I can't doubt him. <laughs> well, you can you certainly can. It I mean think about the number of times you've been scrolling through Facebook and you'll see something that says you know uh, sugar causes cancer, and then the next day you'll see something that says sugar cures cancer. Very so, true. Yep. And then the other thing that I watch, because I know you're waiting on pins and needles for this. I know you've been waiting all week to hear about the night of. Yes, yes, because Aaron actually said he loves the show. Yep. So yep. I, I have been curious to see what your uh, your take on it. Well, this was the finale, and that's what it was called, the finale. You know, So I assume that means that the story has been told, the night of is done. Uh, this was the final part of the trial. This was um, they put the the kid there, Kaz, up on the stand to testify against himself and testify, you know, what he had done and this, that, and the other thing. And uh, meanwhile, the detective, the hard nosed detective who had taken the case and who is now retired, because you know he's apparently Danny Glover. Um, was continuing to look around and investigate, and he actually is, found is he, the guy who really did it. Is he getting too old for this stuff? I, I believe he was getting too old for that stuff. Okay. But he actually found the guy who did it, who really killed this girl, and sat there and talked to him. It, it was in a casino, I believe. And uh, he was like, eh, I'm retired. I can't do anything, but I'm going to go tell the DA, and I'm going to tell these people about it. And the guy's like, yeah, whatever, get my lawyer. And uh, he took the evidence to the uh, DA, and she was just like, so what? You can't give me anything solid. This is all just conjecture and speculation, and, you know, th this is nothing solid. I've got solid evidence. So she decided to continue with the prosecution. Um, and uh, fortunately for the kid, the uh, jury was deadlocked. So it was Wait, the the show ends with a deadlock jury with no resolution? Well no, because at that point the DA has thought about whether or not she wants to continue pursuing, you know, and she knows that even though it's not 
completely like 100% there that the evidence that the detective brought in is probably good and this probably is the right guy so you know what we're not going to press charges the state's not going to move forward so the kid gets to go free but now he's all like toughened up and tattooed and you know I've been in the system too long how am I going to get on with my life and it just kind of ends on like a groan yeah like like he's sitting out on the waterfront and he's drinking from a bottle and then he passes it over to the girl that he killed and she takes a sip and hands it back and you're like wait she's dead and then they pan back out and he's by himself and then it's just done well you said he passes over to the girl that he killed don't you mean allegedly killed the girl that somebody else killed that okay. he went home with that night yeah that that is allegedly like, killed <laughs> uh, acquitted so yeah. well um but yeah and john Turturro's feet did not do well uh he started having severe uh, allergic reactions and his feet flared up again, and he ended up in the hospital because he was blaming the cat. So he took the cat to the shelter and basically told them to uh, do whatever they had to do, which I found very crappy. You know, he he'd saved this cat because he didn't want it to be put down in the shelter. He had it in its own room. He was feeding it well. He had bought a ton of toys for it so that it wouldn't be alone. And, uh, you know, one night the cat gets out and goes and curls up on bed with him and he's having a hard time breathing when he wakes up and so suddenly he's like nope taking the cat back but in reality he was having a stress induced reaction because the girl that was supposed to be the lawyer for this kid was caught on camera in his cell kissing him because for some reason she fell for him I still can't figure that out um so she fell for him. She was kissing him. They declared that she was no longer fit to be his attorney because obviously she had feelings for him. So now John Turturro had to take over. So he was having a stress-induced reaction. That's why he was breathing hard. <sighs> yeah, this doesn't uh, this doesn't entice me to want to watch it at all. It started with a bang and ended with a whimper. Is the way I look at it. Yeah, I mean, it definitely sounded like it started good just yeah but but then like as more and more episodes went on i found myself like okay why are we dragging why are we doing this and then i would have liked to have seen more of the cop tracking down the real killer and then you know how are they going to bring him before the judge and no didn't they, they didn't care that much about it so huh yeah yeah no i didn't that doesn't sound yeah that just doesn't sound <laughs> Well, that's that's all I've got to say about that. It was not unenjoyable. I didn't I didn't come out of this and be like, oh god, why did I watch that? But it definitely started off a lot stronger than it finished, in my opinion. I'm glad it's done. I'm glad they told the story, and I hope that they let it stay. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm good with watching that. I think I'm good I, with watching that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. So I actually watched because I I. I it was one of those things where it's like, ugh, I don't really want to put a movie on, but I don't have any shows to watch. And I don't know if I want to start something brand, brand new, because I want something I can kind of half pay attention to. So I end up throwing on Lie to Me. 
Oh, love that show. On Netflix. And I actually ended up watching three episodes. It's with Tim Roth, and if you haven't heard of it, uh, basically what it is is it's a procedural show where he is a private citizen who owns a corp- who owns a uh, consulting company, and he consults with major governments and uh, agencies. And basically what he is, he's like a human lie detector. He can use your... Um, what's it called, micro-expressions to determine if you're telling truth or lying. And your body language and how you react and this and that and everything. And it's really, really fascinating. If You know, the science behind it, it's really, really fascinating. But the show itself is just so good. And I end up watching three episodes, and I'm, I'm, I guess I'm hooked on it again, so I'm going to have to keep watching it. <laughs> it was a great show. A few of the episodes got a little bit grown-worthy, especially when they involved his daughter. Yes, yes. Like, I immediately had a knee-jerk reaction the first time we saw her of, oh, that's right, Ugh. And yeah. it wasn't it wasn't even one of those episodes. It's just in general, yeah. Yeah, she's definitely one of those um, dumb animals. My dad used to say that when I was a kid. You know, he'd, we'd be watching a cartoon and he'd be like, oh, which one's the dumb animal in this one? You know, like yep. Dollar the Dog from Richie Rich, the one who can't help but get people in trouble because they're so focused on themselves and their own needs. Yep. I know what you're talking about there. Yeah, his daughter never, uh, she never impressed me. Every time I saw her come on an episode, I was like, oh, God, why? Yep. Yeah. I actually, (laughs) when that show was out, I was so into it after the first season that I went out and I bought a book on uh, body language by a guy, Joe Navarro, who was the FBI's leading consultant slash Uh, I believe he was an agent for quite a number of years, and he did that. He was the one that they based his character on, and uh, it was all about body language and facial tics and stuff like that. Really fascinating read. Although I have discovered one thing is when you know some of those things, people don't like to have them pointed out. Like in the show, it's scripted, so people follow their cues and their – their placements when it's real life and you say to somebody hey you just scratched your nose while you were talking to me and you used your middle finger to do it so you're basically telling me to uh f off they don't like having that pointed out over and over again oh no i'd say i would assume not hey your eyes darted that way so that means that you're not telling me the truth yeah oh you look down into you look down into the left when you're trying when you were recalling what happened that means you're trying to remember what happened but if you your eyes stay straight, then you're not remembering anything. You're just lying. You're making it up. Yep. Depending on which part of the brain you're looking towards. Exactly, are you looking yeah. for the creative or the... Yeah. People don't want to hear that. So it's best to just keep it to yourself, i found. Yeah, I can see why. <laughs> not a good party trick. <laughs> but uh, 48 episodes, all on Netflix. Great, great stuff. Worth checking out. Definitely go check it out. Yeah, if you like crime procedurals with a different twist, like, Tim Roth is awesome, but he is not, like, he's not the typical cop. Like, he gets his butt kicked a lot in that show. Yep. He gets stomped a lot. Absolutely, yeah. So, but definitely worth checking out. Yes. It's a big, big hard sell recommendation for me. Me too. I, I will back you up on that one. Yeah. So uh, you said you had two shows. Uh, what was the other one? No, that was it. It was uh, The Night Of and Adam Ruins Football. Oh, The Night Of. Okay, and Adam Ruins. All right. Okay. So we're, we're, we're done shows already. 
Yeah. Shows watched. Moving on to movies. Um, I watched some movies this week. Yes, you did. I watched. I'm going to start with my meh. And you probably okay. will disagree with me, and it's okay if you do. <laughs> but uh, my Thanks. my meh is Hardcore Henry. Oh, oh, that was a hardcore meh for me as well. Oh, okay, I couldn't remember. I, I know someone I talked to, you know, loved, 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 loved it. And so oh, wow. I couldn't remember if it was you or not because um, it's been I, a while. What I did love was Charlo Copley's characters. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, that's the only thing that I loved about that movie, was the fact that he played, like, 16,000 different people. That is true. He did play a bunch of different guys. Yeah. But, no, I just, uh, ah, it just wasn't for me. No, it, like, I left the theater feeling a little sick to my stomach. And Yeah, uh, yeah, the, the camera, the first-person camera movement, some of it was really erratic. Yep. Um, it was... It was interesting for what it was. There was some graphic violence in there. Heck yeah, there was. <laughs> I mean, lots of graphic violence. But I felt that the story was really weak. And uh, overall, yeah, I, I went to see it with uh, Mr. Meringue, and we both left going, eh. Yeah, that was kind of how I felt just watching it was, eh. Yeah, it, it wasn't terrible, but my God, like it, it just wasn't awesome yeah so that would be my the only movie I watched this week where I was like yeah so that was your one out of six that was my one out of yeah of my six right. uh, I watched I watched uh, the nice guys <laughs> I've seen the nice guys with uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling and I just gotta say it is a great great flick I will agree with you 100% on that. Uh, for those that don't know about it, it takes place like, what, 1977 or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And the late Ryan, 70s. Yeah, late 70s. Ryan Gosling is a private eye, but he's kind of an alcoholic scumbag. Yep. And uh, he has a daughter. Sorry, who, ladies, to ruin Ryan's yeah. angelic halo. Honestly, this is the best role I've ever seen him in. <laughs> Me too. Um He's got a daughter, and basically he's just a slime ball who wants to milk people for as much money as they can. Yeah, and then if he was a lawyer, he'd be an ambulance chief. Exactly. Yes, perfect analogy. And then Russell Crowe is, he's a man with morals. He's a man with scruples. And essentially... And he's a man with a giant gut on him. Yeah. And essentially, if he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. But he can't become a licensed private eye because he was never... Well, what, what was the reason they gave why he couldn't do it? You know, I don't remember. I saw that back in, like, March, maybe yeah. April. For whatever reason, he wasn't and couldn't be a licensed private eye, so he just kind of did stuff on the side. Maybe he had a record, or maybe he was never a cop. Yeah. Remember, that's how maybe. it is in Maine. You can't yes. be a private eye if you haven't been in law enforcement. Yes, that is true. But essentially, uh, he just takes money and goes and beats people up. Yep. He's like an enforcer for hire, I guess. But right. anyhow, so they're both looking for this girl named Amelia because of some conspiracy with car companies from Detroit and uh, and the porno porno uh, porno world, and on and on and on. And it's a really really good movie. You should just go watch it. I don't want to spoil it for people because you should just go watch it. But I'm going to spoil this one part because I guess I don't care because I want to talk about it. Amelia, the girl they're looking for, so annoying, 
so obnoxious, and when John Boy gut shots her and kills her, I was so happy. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, I I saw no redeeming quality they for her. Made her such, yes, they made her such a hateable character, and she's the one that they're supposed to be saving and looking for, and then when she gets killed, it's awesome. I'm like, yeah! Actually, I was like, Nelson, ha-ha! <laughs> this this movie like it has dramatic elements to it you know the overall story is kind of dramatic where they're yes. trying to figure out the mystery but it's not a drama and it definitely has a lot of action scenes but it is not an action movie at no. its core it's comedy but it is definitely not slapstick no or, no you know, definitely not slapstick one-liners I, I guess there are good one-liners but and it it's com- it's also sort of a buddy flick yes yeah yep. In contrast to Lie to Me, I found Ryan Gosling's daughter in this movie one of the best characters. Yes, absolutely, she was. She was like 13 years old, and she not only did the actress play it really well, like she did a really good job, but the character was just one of the most fun. She was kind of the uh, the balancing point in the seesaw between Ryan Gosling and uh, yep. Russell Crowe. Yep, and she was Russell Crowe's moral compass. Yep. Uh, at one point, which was quite hilarious to me, I thought. And she was more of a parent to her father than he was to her. Oh, 100%, yes. Uh, their mother, Her mother had died. His wife, her mother had died. And he never handled it well, and he became an alcoholic. And so she essentially is left taking care of him. My favorite, One of my favorite parts of the movie is when he says to her, he goes, I, I just want your honest opinion. Don't hold back. Am I a bad person? Oh, yes. <laughs> She doesn't hesitate. Yes, you are. You are a bad person. Yep. Or like the part that you saw in the previews a million times when she was like, you are the world's worst private investigator. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) But for me, and I think you had said this for you as well, this was a surprise to me. Because basically somebody said, hey, let's go to the movies. I want to see this movie. And I was like, oh, all right, I suppose. You know, I guess it won't be too bad. And then I watched it. And the more I watched it, the more I liked it. Yep, it was same here. Great. Yeah, I really like. I think I initially put it on because I like Russell Crowe, and uh, the trailer did look decent. And I like. I'm, I'm digging the time frame it's happening and everything. So it's like, all right, well, let's just check it out and see what happens. And um, I found myself drawn into it and really, really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, like drawn in hardcore. Yeah. And actually, the night I watched that, uh, was actually, that was part two of a double feature for me. Uh, part one that night was... Nope. Uh, nope. Oh. nope. And I've never actually seen that movie, and I'm just going to keep... either. I'm going to keep running that way. Yep. Uh, but Captain America Civil War. And it shocked me to remember that you hadn't seen this yet. Yes, Rude also thought I had seen this before, and when I was talking about it at work the other night, he was just like, didn't you see this back in May? And I was like, nope. I just didn't get a chance to get to the theater to watch it. There's a lot going on. Um, but boy, that movie is just phenomenal. Like, I thought Winter Soldier was really, 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 really good. Um but they shouldn't have made this, shouldn't have be a Captain America movie. It should have been an Avengers movie based on who was in it, personally speaking. But I it loved it. It did definitely feel more like an ensemble. Yeah, it was an Avengers light. I mean, Hulk wasn't in it, Thor wasn't in it, but otherwise it was the Avengers. 
It's because they're all having their own buddy romance. Plus, plus new characters. Dude, did you see that short that they did? Yes. That is hilarious. I love it. It's like what Thor was doing when he wasn't, you know, instead of being in Civil War. That was awesome. It was. Um, yeah, Civil War, I loved it. I had a few problems with it, but I'll get into those in a little bit. But I thought that the new characters were handled really well. Like, Black Panther was great. Oh, yeah. Black Panther, yeah, yeah. What a great way to introduce a character. You really felt his motivation. You felt his passion. Yep. Um, he, he was really a force to be reckoned with. And uh, They essentially did an origin story yep. in that movie for him. Like, like, to the point where I don't know if the Black Panther movie coming out is an origin movie, or if it's just going to be a standalone film, you know, taking off from where we are now, or leaving, you know what I mean, but... I'm pretty sure it takes off from where we are now, good because, because I've, I've I, heard that Bucky's going to be in the the lab. Okay, great. Because I'm telling you, it, it does not need, he does not need an origin movie. Nope, he doesn't. They did We've it. have enough of his backstory. And it didn't take him long to do it. They were precise and to the point, and you could yep. feel his emotion about it, and everything else. I mean, they did that. They did a very good job introducing a new character and yes. having him tie right into the storyline and set it up so his standalone movie would be great. DC, take notice. <laughs> Get up your notepads, guys. Yeah. Speaking of awesome origin story, Spider-Man. Dude. <laughs> what a shock that was for me. Best Spider-Man I've seen on TV. I couldn't believe it. Like, I was expecting it to be, like, two lines, maybe. But we got a full, like, backstory with Tony visiting him at his apartment. Still a little, eh, like, so-so on how young Aunt May is this time. Yeah, but Spider-Man's very young this time as well. He is. Yeah. Which is what he's supposed to be. He's supposed he is, to yes. Be not Tobey Maguire. Although, like I said a couple episodes ago, I still do love Sam Raimi's take on Spider-Man. Yep, Absolutely. Toby Maguire was a little old for the role, but whatever. And I did like the Amazing Spider-Man movies with Andrew Garfield. To an extent. I liked yep. those movies, but this Spider-Man, eh, I can't wait for Homecoming. Yes. yes. Like, I'm very excited about that. It, just, it was the Spider-Man from the comic books. But now that you've seen him, okay, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Now that you've seen this kid, Tom yep. Holland, as Spider-Man, and you know what he's going to be like in Homecoming... Now do you see why I had a bit of a problem with thinking of Donald Glover as Miles Morales? Oh, yes. <laughs> like, Donald Glover is basically an old man compared to this kid. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So that would that would really have to be a flip of the script, which I don't think that we're ready for. I don't think we're no. ready to have another, you know, Miles Morales running nope. around when we're just getting this new Spider-Man. So, who knows? Um, now... Rhodey got injured. Yes. And now I'm not familiar with the storyline in the comic books. Is so is, is essentially is War Machine done in the movies now as well? Because you know the, uh, the Russo brothers come out and said that that Steve Rogers is no longer Captain America. Correct. Yes. Going forward. So no. do you think so? Is, but like in the comics, did War Machine get paralyzed and come back? War Machine did not get paralyzed, did not come back. War Machine, he wasn't affected like that. In Civil War II, which is going on right now in comics, War Machine was just killed. Okay. And that's part of the problem in Civil War II. Um, but no, I don't think that he's done. I think he's going to be 
back in action because he's more if he's if he's in an American hero. Yeah, and if he's in a suit, he's in the the Iron Man suit, if you will, the yeah. war machine suit. I mean, he's protected. He doesn't yeah. really need his legs, I guess. Now, the problem that I had with this movie, and I still to this day have it, is Zemo's plan was far too convoluted, and there were far too many threads stretched thin. Like, his whole plan to get the Avengers, essentially, to implode on themselves was reliant on way too many coincidences. Um, The fact that back in the early 80s, there was a security camera hooked up at that exact spot in the middle of nowhere to catch... Yeah, it seemed a little too convenient, yeah. Yeah, and then to, like, he basically played these guys for weeks, months, years to turn on each other so that they would implode, which I get, but it was yep. just, when you look at the, the whole plan stretched out before you, you're like, this is a wily e. Coyote plan. Well, yeah, because he's also reliant on, okay, they're going to figure out that I'm going to, you know, the, the uh, Serbia, wherever it was, um, and not Serbia. Siberia. Siberia, thank you. That I'm going to go to Siberia to get these other, you know, Winter Soldier type people and, you know, I know that Captain America and Bucky and Iron Man are all going to follow me. And then once there, I can unveil my, my you know, the videotape. So that right. way Iron Man will fight Bucky and they'll implode on each other. And <laughs> Yeah, it seems like, A, yeah. you didn't have to kill the super soldiers. Why not keep them around to help you conquer the world or whatever? Okay, but see, the thing is, I can see why he did kill the super soldiers. Because it was... Um, because he didn't want more gifted people around to do what happened to his family. Right. So that I, I that I can yeah. see why he would, because he didn't want to take over the world. He just wanted to destroy all the superheroes. I'm still trying to think of Zemo as in the comics, and he was much more bent on world domination. Yes, he was. But uh, I just, yeah, to have them locked in that one room... And hope that all three of them would be there, and only those three, you know, because yes. it could have easily been everybody that was there at the airport fighting. Right. Um, and then it would have been too much of a melee for the tape, which was probably a VHS cassette tape at the time, <laughs> to be legible. But why couldn't he have made a digital copy and sent it to Tony months ago? Exactly. Then, like, here's the guy. I didn't yeah. have to go through all this. Yeah, and then leaving the evidence behind in the hotel room that essentially exonerates Bucky from suspicion of murdering or setting off that bomb. I mean, like, there's just too many. You're right. There was a lot that I loved about this movie. Don't get me wrong. It it was a phenomenal movie. But just that plot thread really felt weak to me. I love the competition for Steve's best friend <laughs> between Sam and Bucky. Nope. nope. Yeah. And then they're both in the car when she, when he kisses Sharon car and they're like, yeah. <laughs> or, uh, when they're fighting Spider-Man and finally he launches that little, what red Rover, uh, yeah. thing. Yeah. And knocks Spider-Man out. And then Bucky's like, you couldn't have done that sooner. I hate you. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many great parts. Hey, That's- you have a metal arm. <laughs> Yes. And then Sam despite Yeah, exactly. Giant Man. That was awesome. Yeah. He he tore that place up. Hell it yeah, took he did. The combined might of those guys to bring him down. 
You guys seen that old classic movie, Empire Strikes Back? How old is this kid? <laughs> it's not important. It's not important. He's on the young side, but he's got a point. You know, those those leggy walkie things? Um, but no, I really enjoyed the... Uh, uh, <laughs> people don't usually talk this much when they're fighting. Sorry, I'm still new at this. I mean, like... <laughs> Uh, no, there was some great... I mean, it has the humor that the movie needs. Yes. That the movie needs. And boy, it's just... it's It has its dark moments, too. Yeah. It's it, got a good mix. It does. Um, and it was very apparent when this came out in theaters, you know, the stark contrast. And yes, I'm going to go there, but the stark contrast, because this was going directly up against Batman vs. Superman. Yeah, a couple weeks off from each other, but they were considered to be in competition with each other. And when you look at the two of them by themselves, you can say things like this, you know, like this one was great, but it had this, it had this. You've already heard our reviews of Batman vs. Superman. But then when you look at the two of them side by side, like going against each other, it's not even a contest in my opinion. Nope, it's not. No, Civil War blows it out of the water. Yep, it really did. Yep. And I think that's part of the other reason that Batman vs. Superman was so, like, criticized. Because... Yeah. It's like, after we watched Batman vs. Superman, I didn't have any interest of watching it again. As soon as I was done Civil War, I was like, I could watch this again. Yep. So. Yep. Well, good. I'm glad you liked it. I loved it. It was a <laughs> hyphen amazing. <laughs> Alright, so one of the other movies I watched uh, was a horror flick I found on Netflix, and it's called Southbound. And it is an anthology of five interlocking tales directed by five individual people. And essentially the stories are, um, okay, apparently everyone involved in these five tales, they are in purgatory. And the film day, the film is basically one day on an endless loop that these people are doomed to constantly repeat. And so, um, the cast is unknown, basically. I can't, I'm trying to even think if I recognize a single person in the cast from another movie or TV show or something, and nothing is jumping on my mind right now. But essentially, the, the, the five different stories are this guy, um, these two guys are trying to get away from these, like, floating demonic creature things that essentially, like, oh, from the, um, like, say, the, like, from the waist up, they're almost like a skeletal-like shrouded creature. It's like it's a Grim Reaper. And then from, like, the waist down, it's just, like, cords, I guess, or... or guts or nerves or something like that you know um sounds kind of like a ring wraith but with more guts yeah yeah i mean it's just it's just kind of weird um anyways so the first the first uh the first story is these guys are trying to escape from these things um and one ends up one of the guys ends up in a, a hotel room and he basically he's trying to rescue he's trying to he sees his daughter he's in this hotel room but it ends up being his house and he sees his daughter and he starts chasing after her and he can't get to her because he just can't it just keeps looping around every time he like kind of runs from the living room into the kitchen he runs right back into the living room so he's on this endless loop 
And then that cuts to the next story, which is about these three girls who um, one of them feels guilty for leaving somebody behind and that person gets killed. And so she starts seeing a manifestation of this person and these three girls, their van breaks down. They get taken by these people who, you know, those little cult-like issues and two of the members kind of get brainwashed and it's, it's, it's a pretty solid story. The third story, I think, I don't, I can't remember if it's the third one or, anyways, my favorite story in, in the whole bunch is this guy runs this girl down with his car, and so he picks her up, and he tries to, like, help her, and her, and he calls, like, 911, and they direct him to the hospital, and he gets to the hospital, and the hospital's, like, deserted, there's nobody there, but there's something going on. And he's talking to, like, two or three different people on the phone who are giving him instructions and telling him what to do. And essentially, like, one of them is saying he's a doctor. He's at the hospital. He can see him now, but he can't help him. And so he carries this girl in, gets her in this operating room. He's supposed to, like, puncture her lung to open it up, and then her leg ends up falling off. I mean, it's just insane. And it's great. I love it. And then um, the last story ties into the first story. So I don't have all the stories written down here anyways, but still, it's just a great movie. It's on Netflix. Definitely check it out. It's called Southbound. Definitely worth watching. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So the the last one tied into the first one, but did the other ones tie into each other? They all interlocked together, yes. Like, they did all somehow. One was related to the next one, and, like, you would see one of the characters at the tail end of their story at the beginning of the next story. Okay. So there was like an interaction, and they all kind of took place in the same like deserted desert highway gas station restaurant hotel type area. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I'll give that one a hard push. I think I gave it on Netflix. I gave it four out of five stars. Interesting. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. So nice. Heck it out. Do you watch any uh, movies this week, John? I did. I watched a few of them. Um, I was trying to find something to watch the other night. I was hanging out with a friend of mine, and we came across Project Almanac. Oh, great flick. It's an older movie. I mean, Well, older. I think it was uh, 2013 or 14. Um, and it, there were a lot of reasons that this movie should not have been good, uh, one of which is it's an MTV movie. Uh, another of which is it was produced by Michael Bay, but I found myself like we threw it on. We we're like, well, if it's not any good, you know, we'll we'll watch something else. And I found myself like completely drawn into it. I was like on the edge of my seat watching it. For those who haven't seen the previews, basically it uh, it starts off with this kid who's a genius. No, this isn't Fantastic Four and Reed Richards. Uh, this kid's a genius, and he's doing these science experiments and trying to get into MIT and. He only gets a $5,000 scholarship, so he's going through some stuff in the attic of his dad's old, you know, projects that he worked on because his dad was an engineer. And his dad's dead. Yeah, his dad's dead, has been for a while. We don't find out until later how. Right. Um, But basically, he finds this old videotape from – or videotape, yeah, from his seventh birthday, and he sees a reflection in the mirror that is his present-day self. So – him and his friends look at this. This is all a found footage thing. You know, his sister is recording everything for posterity's sake. So the whole thing is shot as if it's found footage, like Blair Witch Project. 
Um, Except less shaky camera. Oh, yes, yes. And so they basically go through Dad's workshop in the basement. They find a hidden thing and discover that he had outlined plans to build a time machine. But it's not like – it's not a super powerful time machine. It can only go back like three weeks at most. And uh, But they they do a lot of experimenting and a lot of testing, and they finally get it to work. And then they're able to go back, and they have – grand adventures but then they discover that you know there's consequences when you go back and change time and one little thing here the butterfly effect kind of thing you know one little thing here yep. changes everything there and it i won't ruin it for anybody but it really is fun if you like time travel if you like uh alternate universe kind of thing it's a really fun movie and it really keeps you going it keeps you on the edge of your seat and it was probably better because much like the nice guys, it wasn't something you expected to be good. You just threw it on. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, now, uh, but I definitely, I can't push that hard enough. I really didn't think it was going to be that good, and it was awesome. It was so enjoyable. Um, well, it came out early. It came out 2015. Oh, God. So that's not even that old. Yeah, January 30th, 2015. It was filmed in 2013, but it didn't come out until 2015. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but as a result, <coughs> the uh, the person that I was with had never seen Chronicle. And I was like, well, this is a lot like Chronicle. So we busted out Chronicle. And nice. So you did end up watching it. That. Yes. Awesome. And Chronicle was another one. That back when it came out in 2012, I remember going to the theater. We went to the and, theater together. Yep. And we were thinking, eh, this could be fun. This could yep. be okay. And walked out saying, my God, that was a great movie. Yeah, it's always uh, nice when, when that happens. Oh, it's great when that happens. So it was interesting because if you look at it now, and I had to laugh too, uh, the special effects in the beginning are terrible. When they're like throwing the baseball and stopping it midair, or when they're playing with the Lego bricks and like building things, it looks really bad, really cheesy, really green screened. But yeah. the effects get better as the movie goes on. Essentially, for those who don't know, Chronicle is the story, another found footage type thing. Yep. Where three kids, uh, Dane DeHaan is the first one that you'd notice uh the second one that you would notice is michael b jordan yep uh interestingly enough this was a movie by josh trank who did fan four stick there and everybody hated that but uh it's it, amazing that he can make something as great as chronicle and then as horse yes. but then again he came on the record of saying that the studio took it over they edited it that's not the movie he wanted to present yes he did but he also um, did film a lot of those scenes yeah. <laughs> so these three kids through they're together at a party and it's out in a old field. They find a cave with a mysterious glowing crystal thing in it and when they wake up the next day they have superpowers essentially. They have telekinesis. And it's documenting their progress as they work out these powers, develop them, get more powerful, learn to do things like fly. Yeah. And uh, deal with their regular life. You know, Dane DeHaan comes from a very broken family. His father got laid off from being a firefighter because he was injured. And his mother is dying of something. You assume cancer, but she's in bed hooked up to machines. And she's constantly in pain. And her medication costs like $700. Um, and his father's an alcoholic now because he got laid off. And the mother's like this. So he's got a rough life. Um, 
you know, Michael B. Jordan's character is going for student body president and, you know, he's the star athlete and got all the trophies. And then the other guy is just like a philosophy major who ends up being really cool, actually. Mm -hmm. Wonderful movie, though. So much fun. I wish they had made a sequel. Well, they, down. they ended it kind of anonymously, not really, but like, you know, the way they ended it. Yeah. Which like, was. Could have gone off. Yeah, they could have made a sequel. Yep. But unfortunately, Fox said, no, nah, we're not going to bother. So they should have. Yeah, they, really they should have. It, it was a, it was a hit for them. It was definitely a hit for them. So, yeah, that's two movies that I saw this week. Nice. Did you watch any other movies this week, John? Just just two others. Oh, okay. Well, name one of the others, John. Uh, one of the others was this uh, movie at the theaters called Don't Breathe. Oh, did you go? Did you, did you go see that alone? No, no. I uh, I went with you actually. Oh, that's right. I forgot. No. <laughs> oh man, you're getting old. <laughs> I know, right? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no. Don't breathe. Uh, Fed Alvarez, Sam Raimi, Rob Tapper, basically the Evil Dead crew with. Their star Jane Levy, and uh, yep. with, with another horror flick. Well, I I don't know if you really would call this a horror flick, because no, like I to would. me a horror yeah horror is is supernaturally or monster movie or slasher movie serial killer movie. This was more of a psychological suspense. thriller. Yeah, suspense yeah. psychological thriller. Great flick. Let's just say great flick. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I yep. really did like it. No, nope, as was, did I. It, it was not like the previews make you think that you're going into a movie where there's kids in a house with a guy who's blind, but now he's like a superhero because he's blind, so all of his senses. This is not Daredevil. No. Uh, no. This guy fumbles around and trips. I mean, he does have some skills. He's ex-army, but he's definitely not like a cold, calculated killer who can see in the dark and stuff like that. He's blind, yeah. and he struggles at times when nobody's talking, nobody's right. moving. And they're on his turf, so, I mean, he does have that advantage where his, you know, he has the house memorized, he knows where everything is and whatnot. Right. But the thing is, is normally in a movie, when you have people pitted against each other, there's a redeeming quality character that makes you root for them, <laughs> and there wasn't one in this movie. No. In fact, everybody was a horrible person. <laughs> they really were, because even the blind guy... Let, let, let's, let's just put it this way. These three kids, teenagers, what it is is they live in Detroit, and that's where it takes place, and Detroit basically is a dying city because the car industry is kind of leaving or whatever. And so what they do is one of the kids' dads owns an alarm company, and they use his dad's, you know, copy of the keys and the instructions on the alarm to deactivate the alarms. They break into homes, and they steal less than $10,000 worth of stuff because it's for legal purposes. It's for reporting and, and for level of crime and whatnot. Of course, you know, if they link all these burglaries together, they will combine the value of all of them to convict them. But that, that's, right, that's exactly. besides the point. So essentially, these kids are crooks. They're robbers. They burglarize and victimize people for no good reason. For no, like go it's, they're not paying for cancer medication. They're not trying to get somebody out of jail. Yeah, they're just doing it to have money. Yeah, because Jane Levy's got a tough life at home with her loser mother and her loser boyfriend. Her mother's loser boyfriend, that is, and then 
you know, she's got a little sister to take care of, but that doesn't justify burglarizing people and then trying to save money and get away, but yet you get a new tattoo of a ladybug. Yeah. And which, like, yeah, which wasn't her, new. Yeah, we saw her home life for, what, like, all of ten minutes? Yeah, a if few that, minutes. A few minutes. Five. Yeah. And we're supposed to form this kind of bond with her and be like, oh, well, then it's okay that she steals from people. Yeah. No, not having it. So, you know, they, they break into this old man's house who's blind because they want to rob him. They try to gas him so that way he's immobilized and he can't come Wait, wait, wait. Him. Hold on. Uh, I'll let you pick up there. But the reason that they want to rob this guy is because they did some internet web searching yes. related investigation. Yes. And they discovered that his daughter was killed in a hit and run a couple years back. And these people um, – paid him off they settled for three hundred thousand dollars so they assume that this old man who lives in they show pictures of it one of the crappiest neighborhoods in the world everybody yep. has left nobody yep. lives in these houses anymore so the the neighborhood is abandoned so there won't be any cops checking up so they won't hear the gunshots and the screams yeah so every house is abandoned this is the only guy who lives there he's blind he's He's got no family now, and they assume we should break into his crappy old house because he probably has all $300,000 right in there. Yep. And nobody argues this point. Nobody's like, what about a bank? Right. What if it was made in a trust fund? What if it was a deposit? What nobody argues that. It's just like, oh, $300,000, he must have it in the house. Yeah, what if he it's a get, crappy house. Hey, he could have an annuity, getting a, you know, getting a monthly sum you know, to keep him. Right. You know. So that was a big stretch for me. Mm -hmm. Now, continue with the gassing. Yeah, so they break into the house. They try to gas him so that way he they, he doesn't, you know, so that way he, he doesn't interfere with their burglary. That doesn't work. And so now the old man, the old blind guy, gets the upper hand on the three of them. So, okay, you're supposed to feel bad for the bad guy because he's being victimized. But within the first, well, I think, half hour of the movie... There's a big reveal where you're just like, oh, he's a giant piece of shit. Wow. <laughs> like, he is a horrible, horrible human being. And so now, the only person, so now, the person that, you know, the blind guy is, is who's being victimized, you don't root for him. <laughs> you kind of want him to get victimized. Exactly. You don't root for him. He's got whatever he's got coming to him, to him. No matter how tragic his what happened to him, what he's doing, it's, it's not justifiable. And then you have the kids who are burglarizing him, but there's no redeeming qualities in them either because they're just out for themselves. Right. Who do you root for? I, I would even take it a step further and say that with the guy who's getting robbed, there's the reveal early on that he is a horrible person. Later in the movie, we get another reveal that proves he is it's... an even bigger piece of crap. Oh, that's very, very true. He actually like, manages to become even a worse human being. Like, I relayed this story to a friend of mine. We were taking a walk, and I was yeah. like, okay, so this is what happened. And I started laying it out, and I'm like, when I got to the first reveal, she's like, wow, that guy sucks. He's terrible. And then when I got to the second one, I was told that I needed to stop talking because she was going to be sick. So. <laughs> yeah, because then for a moment, for just a moment, you do feel bad for Jane Levy's character. Brief moment, because for a brief moment. she didn't have anything like that coming. Right. That she didn't deserve. Yeah. But 
quickly you remember, oh, that's right, though. All she cares about is the money. Because when she has a perfect opportunity to escape and get away, she doesn't because she wants the money. Which, right, by the way, to leave the money. The money is in the house. Yeah, because that makes sense. So, <laughs> and you know what's really funny out of all this? Is that both of us started off this review saying this was a great movie, we really liked it. Yeah. And I still feel that way. I still feel that way, too. I really <laughs> liked it. It was a great original story. Yes. It was a yes. great original story. It was different. I would totally watch this again. It was tense. There's some great suspense and tense moments. You're absolutely right. There's a couple far-fetched moments. But <laughs> ultimately, yeah, the dog... Um, when he walks by him in the hallway this one time, there's no yep. way they didn't brush against each other. Um, and then the fact that none of the characters are really redeeming in any quality whatsoever to make you root for them. Yeah. But I really liked it. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> and I would totally watch it again, and I think people should go see it. Yeah, uh, you don't have to go see it. I mean, if you want to. Right, right. If, right. if you, like, have the money or free passes or whatever, and you're like, I want a good, suspenseful movie, go check it out. Because it's yeah. definitely not. This guy is not Van Damme. He's not, like, you know, blind, but suddenly Daredevil and, right. you know, can do all these moves. He stumbles and fumbles around himself. Yeah. But it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable. It was. It was. It was a good ending. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. it's it's a good, good ending, and yeah. Um, but yeah, even, but even at the end of the movie, that you don't really root for Jane Levy's character. You're just kind of no. like you don't root for any of them. You don't. You're just like, nope, I don't care about him or him or him or him or him. I don't care about any of these people. Nah, they kind of all got what's coming to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. for the most part. Yep. There is one character in the movie that. You might feel a little something for, but even they did something horrible some, at some point. I was going to say, don't go into this movie thinking that you're going to find redeeming characteristics for anyone. Yeah, no, you're not. You're really not. Even the little sister is a terrible artist. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little kid can't draw. Uh, but yeah, I would watch it again. So, yeah. So what else did you watch from movies? That's actually my last movie. Oh, was it? Yeah, that was Captain America, The Nice Guy, Southbound, Don't Breathe, Hardcore Henry, and uh, Larry Crown. Oh, yeah, that's right, Larry yeah, Crown. I watched those movies. So well, I, I'm actually left now with news or trailers or info. Well, let me hit you up with one last movie then. Alrighty, already. Uh, I went to the theater the other day to see a movie that's out right now called Morgan. And okay. The previews for this movie uh, talk about a genetically modified human being that, you know, escapes and it looks very alien-esque. You know, there's red flashing lights and there's alarms and, you know, what happens when you're trapped inside of a building with a genetically superior creature. It's not. It's not that at all. This was – I definitely feel like this was a very misleading preview because this movie, if anything, was boring. Um, it starts off with Kate Mara is driving out to this remote site. Actually, it starts off, the very first scene is an overhead security camera with, um, oh my god, why can't I think of who it is now? Anyway, um, with one woman sitting at a table 
with Morgan, addressing Morgan. Morgan is, I'd say, like a 15-, 16-year-old girl um, addressing Morgan about, you know, oh, I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to go outside for a while. We've made a decision. And this is all from a security camera. And Morgan just, like, turns her hands over, looks at her palms, then jumps up on the table, reaches across, grabs a fork, and stabs the woman in the eye three times. Ow. And then just walks off to the corner. And finally, the security guys come in, and they shoot a trank gun at her, and that's how we start the movie. That girl's not going to be able to see out of that eye. <coughs> uh, no. I feel no. like it was irreparably damaged. Yes. Yes, it was. So the the rest of the movie, it, like I said, it starts off with Kate Mara's character, and she is um, she's driving out to this place and talking to Brian Cox. You recognize his voice. I mean, he's got a very recognizable voice. And... They're talking about how she's got to go out there and she's got to assess the situation. Behaviorist was Yagreet from uh, Game of Thrones. And the the main doctor who's running the experiment is Dr. Zola from the Captain America movie. And we uh, we get to hear them talk about how how much they love Morgan and how they've been doing such good work. And Kate Mara is very much like over and over again. She's like, oh, an artificial creation where they in, in integrated nanites to human DNA and created an artificial life form. So basically she's been on earth for five years, but she's already like 15 or 16 and can think faster and harder than anybody else. And she's really smart. Um, it sounds like a good premise for a movie, except for the fact that it's, the, okay, I came up with this analogy today. The person that I watched it with, she was like, yes, that's it. Basically, right. if somebody said, I'm going to give you a sandwich, and you're like, great, and they hand you two pieces of bread with a little bit of mayonnaise on the bread, and you're like, well, where's the meat? Where's the cheese? Where's the vegetables? Where's the filler? And they're like, well, that's your sandwich. That's kind of what this movie was. It was all fluff. And there was nothing of depth to it whatsoever. There was no filler in the middle. Ugh, that's like, terrible. Yeah, you come out of it and you're like, they could have gone in so many different directions, but they really didn't. They they had a few generic things, you know, like the guy who does the cooking for them. Well, he's a hunky guy. He looks like, you know, the bad boy surfer dude kind of guy. And he almost has a moment with Kate Mara, but she brushes him off. So we got that in there. And the spurned lover of, you know, you greet there who is like, oh, I was supposed to be with him, but now I'm not. But for the most part, like Morgan is fast, I guess. Morgan can do a lot of karate moves and kung fu moves, but it's not like Morgan has psychokinetic abilities or anything. It's not like Morgan can see in the dark. Morgan is just an artificially created girl. And they decide that they're going to terminate the project, and Morgan doesn't like that idea. But it never reaches the point, like, they're never locked in there with her. There's never, like, 
the thrillingness of Alien or Aliens where you're like creeping through the hallways wondering when you're going to get attacked. It's all just one big melee and then it's done. And it just felt really unsatisfying, really unfulfilling. That sucks. Oh, it did. Like, I came out of that saying this was not a horrible movie, but I it would have to have more substance for it to be a horrible movie. Yeah, that stinks. Yeah, I do not recommend going to see Morgan. I do not recommend seeing it on your own. It had nothing. It was just devoid. It, it was like they could have had a really good concept there of a biologically engineered living being that could kick a lot of butt and do a lot of things, but they, it was like written by a fifth grader who had cursory knowledge of the science. That yeah, stinks. so definitely no sell. Do not see Morgan. It is not what it looks like in the previews. It is not what you think it is. Forget it. Dang. Well, yeah. that's too bad. I mean, I didn't know if I was going to see it anyways, but... Nope, I, I would not recommend it at all. Too bad you wasted all your time. Yeah. <laughs> Gave me something to talk about on here, so... Gave me some filler. That's right. A couple of sound bites. Uh, any other movies this week, John? Nope, that was it. All right. So I want to get into some uh, TV news. All right, you can um, do that. So... Okay, and I know you've seen this. You shared it on the Facebook, So, but the uh, Stranger Things Season 2 teaser trailer? Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's as simple as it gets. It's the theme music. It's what the outline, which looks like the, the logo panning back because you're way zoomed in, so it's coming, you know, it's, it's panning back so you can read it, and they're flashing up what is the nine titles of the nine episodes of Season 2, and then it ends with it just says Season 2, instead of Stranger Things in the Stranger Things logo. And that was it. And it was awesome. All right. Oh, that was the mute button. Uh, I was just saying, talk about ambitious. The fact that they had all the episodes named already. Yeah. That they're basically... They're telling us these are what they're called. So they obviously already had a second season in mind. They already had more of the story. Clearly they did. It's wherever the direction of the story is going, because it didn't say anything else. Like it doesn't doesn't tell you when it's happening, what the timeline of it is. It's just if it's the two. same characters, even right, yeah. Because it could it could be something completely different. Yeah, absolutely. Who knows? I mean, look at Fargo. You know, Fargo did 2006, 1979, I think, and now they're doing 2010, so, I mean... Or look at American Horror Story. Yes. Oh, that's a good little segue. Did you see that they may have accidentally leaked the title of this season? No, I did not. It showed up on two different websites who had to pull it afterwards, but it seems to be confirmed from inside sources that this season is called American Horror Story The Mist. Huh. So I wonder if... What if that's going to be in relation to the Roanoke Island thing or not? I would love it if it was. I would definitely watch it in that case. Yeah. Like, uh, if that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll definitely try, check it out, which is, I still haven't watched the witch season, Coven, yeah. um, that took place in New Orleans. I tried watching the first episode, it just didn't interest me. So, regardless of what... the whole thing and it didn't interest me. Oh, yeah, so regardless of how this season is or the beginning of, you know like of, of whatever the the subtitle is or what they tell us it's about I would at least watch the first episode 
Well, you got stuff. ten days. Yeah, I know. Out. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. Coming out soon with a lot of other stuff. And then let's see here. Um, my other TV news. Oh, not really TV note. Well, I guess it is TV. Um, oh, it's a movie, I guess. Uh, Death Note. There's a movie that's going to be coming out. It's called Death Note. Okay. And essentially, it's based on a Japanese magna of the same name. It's about a young... Manga. Sorry. It's about a young man who comes across a supernatural notebook, the Death Note, that grants him the power to kill anyone by writing their name down in it. And he decides to go out and start killing criminals and crooks and bad guys. And there's a police detective, obviously, who is trying to stop him. Now... What does he just like write it down and they die right then and there, or is it like I, I uh, don't like me? I don't know how okay. what I don't know that aspect of it, but I just know that it's uh, gonna be a Netflix original movie comes out next year. Now, though, in Japan, they've actually already done a movie version of the this comic. Um, in fact, I think they've done four movies now, like the fourth movie comes out this October. In the series. It started back in 2006. But they also did 11-episode TV series in Japan and a musical, all based on this <laughs> this manga. So, yeah. A musical. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, Evil Dead the musical was a phenomenal. Oh, so, it was. Yeah. I mean, that was amazing. So, you know, I, it could be good. It could be good. So that kind of caught my eye. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. And then... Like, I don't know, like, I, I have been looking for information on this and haven't found it anywhere. Then all of a sudden, like, the other day it caught my eye, which is Netflix is bringing Longmire back for a fifth season, and the episodes drop in 19 days. Wow. On Netflix. Yeah, like, I haven't seen or heard anything about it. I couldn't find if they're actually going to be filming it, if it was renewed. You know, last September they put out season four, and I hadn't literally hadn't heard anything since then. And then now, yep, yeah, oh, season five's coming out. So I wonder if they filled them all at the same time and they're splitting them up or what? The, I don't, or whatever it is that they're doing. But I'm excited because I really enjoyed that show. Interesting. Yeah. That it would just be so sudden like that. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah. And then, I, you know, it's funny. I was looking up an actress that was on Larry, Larry Crown. Okay. Because I'm like, I don't know what else I've seen her in. And something caught my eye as well, showing that she's in an episode of Black Mirror. And I'm like, no, she wasn't. I've seen all of those episodes. And for those of you who don't know, but Black Mirror... second season. Well, Black Mirror, I did two seasons in a special. I think the first season was 2012, second season 2013. A special was done at Christmas time 2014. And it is a anthology, kind of like sci-fi horror series, but not so much sci-fi as much as just like... More horror, supernatural type, suspense, thriller yeah. series, but apparently, it's a BBC original series, but apparently mm-hmm. Netflix bought the rights, Yep. and they have a new season coming out this October, a season, they're calling it Series 5, and then they already have slated Series 6 to come out next year. And Good. There's going to be six more episodes of each, so did you watch that? I watched some of that. It was hard to watch. I enjoyed it. There was a couple really, really good stories yes. in there. Like, there was one where people have a device implanted in their eye where basically, like, everything they – it's in their brain. Everything they see mm-hmm. 
is recorded. Everything they do is recorded, and they can kind play of what it Google back. Blast wanted to do. Yeah, exactly. But they can play it back, so they can relive that again, or maybe they have to remember somebody's name, or this, that, or whatever. But it's an implant. It's actually on the back of their neck, I think it is, and it's in their brain, and it affects their eye. And um, it's actually a really, really, really cool story, the way they did it. And, because um, we all know that what's going to happen in that case is that people are just going to use it for the spank bank. Oh, quite yeah. literally. Oh, quite literally. But, like, you know, some guy gets blackout drunk, does something he doesn't remember, and then when he goes to watch it back, it horrifies him as to what he did. Right. So that's kind of a cool storyline. And um, I had actually seen at one point, I had read that, like, that episode was optioned by, like, Tom Cruise or something for a movie. But anyways, I really enjoyed a few of the episodes. That was a standout episode for me. And so um, I was not for- a fan of the the first episode, which was the British Prime Minister had to have sex with a pig or... Oh, yeah, that was different, right? Yeah, that, that doesn't really <laughs> set the stage for a good show right there. No, no, it doesn't, but I, I stuck with it nonetheless. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I'm kind of excited. Like those two things, I literally found out like today that we're coming back on Netflix soon. It was like, oh, double bonus. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, did you see the Sherlock season four teaser? Yes, I did. Oh, that was great, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Good. I cannot wait for that show to come back. Yeah, me too. For me all three episodes that it'll be, but still, but it's essentially it's three ninety-minute movies. Yeah. January 1st, 2017, <laughs> on the BBC. I don't know when it'll be on Masterpiece Theater over here in the States, though. Um, I think with Sherlock, it was usually not that far behind. And I know they break up each movie into two episodes. Right. Yeah. So they get six episodes of Masterpiece Theater out of it. Did you, speaking of Netflix stuff, have you read anything or heard anything about Glow? Oh, The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling with Alison Brie? Yes, yes. Yes, and Mark Marin. Oh, absolutely I have. We talked about it on uh, Off the Ropes podcast this past week. I saw that pop up and I was like, I'll bet you Mike knows about that. Oh, heck yeah. Well, for those that don't know, Glow, The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, uh, was like 86 to 1990, and it was an actual wrestling league like the WWE or... WCW was or TNA is, ECW was or whatever, except it was called the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, and um, it, it, I wouldn't call it, wasn't like fetishy or anything like that, but it was definitely very gimmicky, and the girls had lots of skimpier outfits, and but and some of the wrestling action was good, a lot of it was pretty terrible, but it was on, on the air for four years. How, how was it gimmicky? Oh, like they had lingerie matches all the time, or they'd oh. have pillow fight matches, or they'd have, like, that's what I mean by gay. It wasn't, gotcha. sometimes they had straight up wrestling, but for the most part, there was always some sort of, you know, underlying undertone of, let's have girls jump around, jiggle, and squeal. Gotcha. While wrestling. Um, one of their former champions, Tina Ferrari, actually went on to become Ivory in the WWE and had a really good run there as Ivory, winning the women's championship and everything. So anyhow, but this Glow series on Netflix is going to be, I think it's 10 episodes or 13 episodes. 10 episodes. Okay, 10 episodes. And Alison Brie's character, this is all going to be a, a fictional show, 
with that premise of Alison Brie's character is a down on her luck actress that's trying to make it ends meet, and instead of hooking, decides to go become a, a professional lady wrestler. Right. And um, I can't wait. I can't wait to see who. And Mark Marin is playing the like gritty promoter owner type guy. See, I'm going to check it out because I really like Allison Brie and I really like Mark Marin. Yeah, I'm going to check it out because I love wrestling. Yes, and I like Allison Brie and Mark Marin's pretty good as well. So I got to get <laughs> I got the trifecta there. Nice. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, they announced this week. Probably picked up on this. Grimm is ending after this next season. Dude, that's terrible. Uh, but as lighthearted as the writers and, and producers are, you know, where they always put in those little PS messages at the end, like, to be continued, sorry about that. Yeah. You know that they've got to be prepared for this. Now that they know it's ending, then they can set it in the right direction. They're not just going to be like, well, let's write it however we want. They're going to well, say, okay, this is our last season. Let's solve some plot lines. I hope they person of interest it. Yes. Where, you know, you where it goes through, and they know where it's going, oh. and they address all the characters, and you have maybe not the, the satisfying why, why ending that, that you want, <laughs> but a good ending. I had just forgotten about Person of Interest. I had, I had put it back there so that I wouldn't be crying at night over it. And now you got to go and bring that up again. Well, I'm sorry. That's just that's how I feel. I still don't like how they what they did with John. No, I don't. Thought that was un- I thought that was unnecessary. They should have just made him disappear instead, like Fusco. Have yeah, Fusco always wondering if John's out there somewhere? Do that to us, right? <laughs> um, but anyways, um, was, oh yeah, I want. Uh, I I don't want. I want Adeline and Nick together at the end. Yeah, the, you do with the kids. That's what I want. <laughs> that's what I want. That's how I want to end. But yeah, six and final season starting this just uh, six and final season starting this January. It'll be fun. I- I'm looking forward to that. So I got a list here of upcoming shows and their release dates. Okay. And I'm just gonna run through it. And if you want to riff on any of these, we can. Well, I remember last week as we ended the show, you were talking about how we should talk about what we're excited about for this coming season. Yes. So. And that's essentially what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> um, but like March, not March, September 14th is the big first day because I don't know if it's the big first day, but American Horror Story is back that day. That's like the first show that's returning, if you will. Right. Also, that night's Blind Spot. Ugh. I don't know if I'm going to watch it or not. I don't think I am. I'm not. And then the following Monday on its new night, The Big Bang Theory. Uh, I, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it too, but it was a very lackluster season last year. Yes, it was. But Gotham and Lucifer are back. Yes. And I complained about Lucifer a lot last year. I'm going to give it another shot again this year. I just hope I, you know, but I'm looking forward to Gotham. See, I'm in the opposite boat. I'm I'm a little fed up with Gotham, as noted last year, yep. but I'm really excited for Lucifer. Um, Tuesday night, the 20th, September, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes, with uh, Ghost Rider. Yes, so I'm really looking forward to S.H.I.E.L.D. coming back. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very excited about that, too. They said that Robbie Reyes is going to be this Ghost Rider. It's not going to be uh, Johnny Blaze. Oh, okay. All right, well... 
He's a uh, uh, drag drag car. Yeah, yeah. He's a car racer yeah, rather than race a car driver. Race yep. car driver. Yeah. Um, Wednesday the twenty first brings us back the uh, Law and Order SVU, which I'm glad I still have a Law and Order show to watch because that's more nostalgia than anything at this point. Um, but it's the premiere of Lethal Weapon, which I I will give that first episode a shot. Same here. But that night also is the debut of a show that I've been on the fence about wanting to watch, and I'm not sure, but I think I'm at least going to give the first episode a try, and that's Designated Survivor. Do you know what that one's about? Mm, It sounds familiar, but... It stars Kiefer Sutherland, and basically the president is delivering the State of the Union, and someone blows it up, and his whole cabinet, the vice president, everyone is killed, and Kiefer Sutherland is like... Kiefer Sutherland is like a cabinet secretary of whatever and but because of the line of secession he is now president of the united states right and people basically like if you watch the preview of it or the trailer the two-minute trailer whatever it is you know he gets sworn in at the end of the trailer but basically like someone an aide comes to him and says like if i were you i would decline it because you've never been elected for anything or ever done anything and keith sullivan's just like yep but you're not me or something like that and then he goes off and gets sworn in so I think I'm going to watch at least the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks decent enough. Um, but really, of the new shows this year, that's there's, there's not a lot of them that I'm, I'm going to be tuning into. There's a few of them that I'll be tuning into. but um, Thursday the 22nd, Superstore is back. That's a show on NBC, half-hour <laughs> comedy. I loved it last year. I did as well. And then the blacklist is back that night, and I yeah, that's all we gotta say, really. <laughs> uh, it definitely ended on a big note yep. last year, so yep. it'll be very interesting to see where it's gonna go this year, how it's gonna start out. September thirteenth, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that's when season three comes on Netflix. Yes, you mentioned that, I believe. I think yep. last, yeah. So you can have time to catch up on it. That's right. Um. Friday the 23rd, MacGyver. I am not, no, none of these trailers are making me want to watch this. But you're still going to watch the first episode. I don't know. I'm I actually, I'm, I don't know. It's not going to be a priority, that's for sure. It's going to be whenever I get around to it type of thing. <laughs> I may even let a few other people watch it first to see what they have to say. Gotcha. But that night, also on Fox, The Exorcist debuts, and I am going to watch that. See, I'm not interested in that. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm at least gonna watch the first episode and check that out. Well, you'll have to let me know how it is. I will. Maybe um, on this show. Yeah, probably. Uh, we come back to Sunday the 25th, where we got the return of like you know the Simpsons, Family Guy, Bob's Burger, etc., etc. Yeah. Son of Zorn. Yes. I'm gonna watch this. I'm gonna watch this up until it's canceled in two weeks. Oh, absolutely. This show is getting canceled so quickly. <laughs> That's literally in my note. Yeah, Son of Zorn will be canceled quick. Oh yeah, that's getting canceled very, very, very soon. Uh, but yes. I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yep, I'm going to enjoy the three jokes that I haven't seen in the trailers already, and then watch it burn out quickly. <laughs> he just knifes that bird in the throat. Just just because I'm going to call Animal Control. Oh no, Animal Control. This thing would destroy Animal Control. <laughs> Hold on, I'll take care of it. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Wednesday the 28th is Return of Criminal Minds. And talk about turmoil on the set on that one. No kidding. I mean, um, I can't think of his name. 
but Thomas the, something. The black guy left the show. Oh, giving my yeah. cousin Chrissy no reason to go Shamar on watching Moore. TV. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that dichotomy between him and, and Penelope is just gone, which that was a great yep. aspect of the show. I mean, I remember there was one, some lady from HR was doing like a sexual harassment thing to the group, and she like quoted things that they had said to each other that were recorded as being th- such inappropriate talk as this, and she quoted things they had said to each other, and it was just <laughs> hilarious. Right. Um, but then, yeah. Uh, you know, Will from Will and Grace uh, apparently yeah. got fired. Yes. Yep. For, fired, for, fired. for kicking some guy or whatever. And Apparently it wasn't his first physical altercation nope. with a member of the staff. Nope. And I guess they had some stuff in the cans. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they just eliminate him from the season, if they kill him off screen, if they run the episodes they have with him, with Hodge. And then just kind of explain his death somehow oddly. Uh, remember, like when um, Gideon? No, no, not when Kumar left house. Oh yeah, Kumar. Uh, yeah. You know who I'm talking about? And they just explained it by Cal saying, Penn. "Yeah, by Cal Penn." And they just explained it by saying he committed suicide. So you never yep. actually saw him. You just saw the dead body and the gun and everything. And they still had fallout on it for several episodes, but yeah. That was interesting because he was supposed to be going to work for President Obama in real life. In real life, he went to work for the White House, yes. Yeah, and then very shortly after that, he was back on TV and movies. I, I think I, I listened to a podcast he did with someone, and I think he actually was an aide for like two years before he went back. That's not long. Yeah. But still, I mean, something you got to do, I guess. Right, right. It's on his resume, not mine. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so a lot of lot of uh, drama, behind the scenes drama of this number one hit drama on CBS. Uh, Sunday, yeah. October second. Yes, we're in October. Sunday, October second. Elementary comes back, which I, I I do enjoy that show. It was it kind of piddled off at the end of this last season. Yep. The whole Moreland Holmes storyline was really just dragging out and getting yep. a little annoying. But he uh, won't be back. He so. will not be back, and so I. I agree with that same, but I did enjoy the other episodes. Yes. Uh, but uh, the most important thing debuting that night is uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 2 on Stars. <laughs> yay, 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 yay. Excellent. I'm so excited about that. And then um, Monday, October 3rd, two big premieres at 10 p.m. that night. One is Timeless on NBC. Damn. I think that one's going to get pulled quickly, too, because I think that it's it, – it doesn't look like they're doing time travel stuff right. But aren't you – you are going to watch it, though. No? Wow. It, it – I don't know. I'm trying to come up with a nice way to say it, but I'll watch the first episode. It feels like it's going to be a no for me, though. Yeah. It feels like they're trying to take it in the wrong directions, like the love story and – there's going to be too many mysteries. It's going to be one of those shows where they have like 16,000 different mysteries that are all going on at once. And everyone's going to keep things from everyone else. Like we already seen the preview that the guy's showing her the notebook and she's like, that's my handwriting, but I haven't written this. And he's like, not yet. And then she'll keep secrets from some of her teammates and, and he'll show up here and there. It's just going to be a mess. Big old hot mess. You think that's my prediction. Well, I'm at least going to watch the first episode. Me too. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a try, just like I'm going to give Hayley Atwell's new show, Conviction, a try. 
Yeah, I I might because it's Haley Atwell, but well, that's why I'm giving it a try. It's a procedural show. It's it kind of reminds me of Cold Case, except it's about well, not really Cold Case, I guess. It's just it's about what uh, wrongful convictions. Yeah. So, um, oh, let's see, Tuesday the fourth, The Flash. Yes. And that starts the domino of. Well, not yeah. I guess the Flash starts the domino of the CW finally doing their debuts. Well, when's Supergirl? Uh, Supergirl is on Monday the tenth. Oh, okay. Okay. We get the Flash on the fourth, October fourth, eight a.m. Tuesday night. Wednesday nights we're getting Arrow at eight o'clock. Boo. Why boo? I'm not looking forward to Arrow. Arrow is really? going so off the rails. It's getting well, so annoying. See, for me, the big thing I'm excited about is Flashpoint. I want to see him do Flashpoint right, so we got to see all the shows. Yep. Um, but Arrow, and then I think we might have talked about this, so I might have read about it, but I've completely forgotten about it until I saw it on Frequency. Debuts. Oh, my God, I'm so excited for that show. Yeah, because that movie was so awesome. I mean, that has yes. got one of the greatest, like, biggest movie, like, payoff things in the world at the end of it. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Like the yes. bad guy, he's got Jim Caviezel down and he's going to kill him. And, and I can't, I want to say Harrison Ford, but it's not Harrison Ford. Um, um, Dennis. what Dennis Quaid? No. Yes. Okay. Dennis uh, Quaid. Not Randy Quaid. <laughs> no, that's what I was going with. Dennis Quaid is in like this 1967 listening to his son fight with this guy. And you're going, oh my goodness. And he's like, trying, kid, kid, and this and that. And then all of a sudden you hear the shotgun jack and he looks up and his hand gets blown off and it cuts to old man Dennis Quaid who's still alive. And he's like, not my son. Boom. It was awesome. <laughs> loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Shed a tear. It was amazing. This show has the potential to capture all of that and be able to show us more of the interactions. Yes. But the thing about that movie was that it was based on sunspots, and so it, it was, only lasted like it was a based week. on the aurora Borea, aurora borealis. Yep, and which so is unusual like to be that low. Exactly, which is unusual to be that low over yep. New York like that. But yeah, it was awesome. So hopefully this show stays on track and doesn't go overboard. But, oh, man, it could be great. It was awesome. Yeah. So good. Wow, that was a great movie. So, yeah, I'm excited <laughs> about that show. And then Monday the 10th is Supergirl. And then Tuesday the 11th is The Middle, which I'm going to keep with it. If it's going to be on TV, I'm going to watch it. Okay. It's a good half-hour show. And then finally, Thursday the 13th, we have Legends of Tomorrow and Supernatural coming back that night. Food of Supernatural. I know. And then that pretty much, that rounds out, you know, through the end of October or through mid-October, the shows that I care about coming back or I'm going to give a try this fall season. Yep. Yeah, yeah, there are some mid-season ones that yeah, we I don't really have I didn't get into those yet, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, no, that's 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 what I got there. So, I read an article today about the second season of Scream Queens. Okay, see, I it, I fell out with it, so I haven't haven't been paying attention. But go ahead. Did you watch the whole of the first season? No. Okay. Well, this one is going to take place four years later, 
at a hospital, and there are some characters that died in the first one that are going to be back, or characters that got maimed in the first one that are going to be whole in this one. So I don't know if they're going with an American Horror Story kind of thing. Like, Jamie Lee Curtis was Dean Munch. Yeah. Now she's going to be running the hospital. Yeah. So it almost feels like that. It feels like it's an American Horror Story kind it of thing. It is by the creators of American Horror Story. But, like, and the killer from the first one... They said that everyone's going to know who it is, and so when things start going wrong, they're immediately going to point the finger at her. And so that seems a little bit like it seems like it's staying in the continuity. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'll check that I out. Do. Um, what else? What else? You got anything else? Uh, there's a, I saw a preview the other day for a show that I'm actually looking forward to. I don't remember what network it's going to be on, but it's called People of Earth. And it's this guy who is sent to a small town where these people have a support group and they've all been abducted by aliens, supposedly. Hmm. And he's supposed to be doing an article on them and talking to them about their experiences by getting abducted. Um, and it looks funny. It looks humorous and enjoyable and a little bit weird and a little bit twisted. And I I saw the preview for it, and I said, this looks like it ought to be a good, fun show. Okay. So, People of Earth, check out the trailer if you get a chance. It looks like it could be fun. Yeah, I will have to try and check out that trailer. And the only other thing that I saw this week that was notable for me was uh, Ben Affleck just posted a short video. Uh, of test footage of oh, Deathstroke. Yes, yes, okay. And he's supposed it's, to be the villain in the standalone Batman movie. Yes, and possibly in Justice League have a role in that. Um, it was grainy, gritty, uh, basically just him walking forward, but the suit looks good. Yeah. It, it looks pretty good. He, he looks like he'll do some damage. Still haven't said who Deathstroke is. So but... you don't sound very convinced of it. You're not, you're not well, selling it. It it's amateur video. You know, it's like he shot it on his phone, and yeah. it's test footage of Deathstroke. But like I said, I still haven't seen anything that says that we've confirmed who the actor is playing Deathstroke. Yeah. So and honestly, it's DC does not have a good record going right now. So. It's not like I'm sitting here going, oh, my God, I'm so excited for this. Yeah. But, you know, that's about all I got. <sighs> yeah. I can see why you wouldn't be excited about that. The footage. <laughs> but I guess it was it was re, um, retweeted by, like, DC and executives and stuff like that. So, I mean, it was all completely... Authorized. It was an authorized, right. uh, you know what I mean, release of the footage. So, so I guess, I mean, did he film it off like the dailies type of thing? Like I haven't seen it. It, it take it when you see it, you'll look at it and go, "Oh, that's it." Okay. Okay. Yeah, Fair that's enough. about all. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm going over my notes, and I don't feel like I missed anything. I think I got nope. everything here that I wanted to talk about. Excellent. Some great movies. Oh, no, I lied. There's one more thing that we need to talk about. All right. Gene Wilder died. 
Yes, he did. Yeah, which is sad because he's been in, well, he's in two of my all-time favorite movies. Okay. Uh, Blazing Saddles and Willy Wonka on the Chocolate Factory. I would have picked those, yep. I, I actually would have said Blazing Saddles and possibly Young Frankenstein, but... Well, okay, of my favorite movies that he's been in, I mean, it is Willy Wonka, Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, Haunted Honeymoon, and See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Hmm. Like, Haunted Honeymoon was great. I, mean, I haven't watched it in, in quite a while, but I mean, I remember when I every time I've watched it, I've laughed and laughed and laughed. It's a great, great yes. flick. Well, John Candy, I mean, come on. Right, I mean, the cast, Gilda Radner's in it, because, I mean, they were married at one point, so. But, yeah, but definitely Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and Blazing Saddles. I mean, I can quote so much stuff from Blazing Saddles. <laughs> I, the movie is just, I, I look forward to when my son is old enough and we can watch it together. Because he's 10, and that he still has many years to go <laughs> before I would feel comfortable watching that movie with him. Gotcha. Well, there's lots of cursing and the racism that's in it and everything else, so. Definitely from a different time period. Oh, completely different time period, but still, I mean, what a movie. What a great movie. But yeah, it's, you know, I, I guess he had, what, he had, um, I don't know, leukemia is the only thing that stick in my brain, but he was sick. Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's, yes. He died from complications to Alzheimer's, so. Yep. Which is a shame. We've lost a lot of good people this year. We really have. We really have. Yeah. So. It's tragic. Unfortunately, it's... There's no way of saying this without everyone's automatically going to think of Lion King and Elton John, so I'm just not going to say it. I've implied it. There we go. Would it be a a round figure, two-dimensional spherical figure? Yes. That is exactly what I implied. Gotcha. <laughs> cool. All right, brother. Well, if you don't have anything else and I don't have anything else, I guess we can call it an end to the show. Let's do that. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to us tonight or whenever you listen to us. Uh, we appreciate it. Please feel free to leave us comments or suggestions or whatever you want to do uh, on our Twitters. I'm uh, Superstar ML. And I'm the Quantum Geek. That's G33K. The show is at What Did You Watch? And then on Facebook, we got the What Did You Watch page as well. What Did You Watch This Week page? So plenty of platforms for you to reach out to us to let us know what you think. Yeah, and we do love feedback. Mm-hmm. All right. I'd say that's about it. Thanks, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. 